Welcome to the Chaya Podcast, a sacred platform where Jewish Iranian changemakers turn taboo topics into transformational opportunities for the community. I'm your hostess, Nicole Napovar, a licensed psychotherapist with a private practice in Century City, and I'm also the co-founder of Chaya, a community of intimate gatherings for Jewish Iranians to experience meaningful connection and deepen their sense of self. The intention of this podcast is to support our listeners' evolution by challenging the rules our parents and community want for us in order to have their definition of the best life. Instead, let's decide from a more conscious place in our souls which practices we want to keep, which ones we want to let go of, and how we can own those decisions with grace so that we can thrive in more fulfilling and authentic lives. This is the Chaya Podcast, and I'm your hostess, Nicole Napovar. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chaya Podcast. I am here today with Kevin Nopovar, and I am so excited. Kev is a food blogger with a pretty amazing Instagram called How Kev Eats It. I'm sure many of you have heard of it. He is a restaurant critic and consultant and is essentially all about spreading love in the world via food porn. He's also my brother, and I'm so excited for him to be here today to talk about his story with food and um, sort of the bigger topic of bullying today. So thank you, Kev, for joining us. Love you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to have you. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about your story and sort of your experience with food and how that crosses over into bullying. <clears throat> so as far as my story, um, well, I've always been a food, a foodie um, since I'm sure you've seen this third hand. Um, since I was a kid, my dad has always kind of been shoving different foods in my face <laughs> and telling me <laughs> it's really good. Just have a bite of it. Just try it. Um, so I never really developed that like hesitant um, I'm going to try something kind of mentality about anything um, food related because dad kind of gave me uh, no chance of that. And then that eventually led into how me and uh, my father basically connected um, every Sunday. We'd go to In-N-Out or we'd we'd go try, you know, Eduardo's or one of our favorite places. And that was like the number one father son bonding time I had with him. So slowly that sort of developed into a really passionate love of food, the way um, the way it's created. He always used to ask me, like, what do you think of the food? Like, is it good? Is it not good? Why? And he, he started getting me to think critically about – this is like my first time thinking critically about something. And it's shocking that it was something food-related. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, right. And then, for those of you that know my dad, this probably comes as zero of a surprise to anybody that knows him well. But – just that's, eat this. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, that's that's kind of it. Um, as far as how it ties into everything else, bullying-wise, um, I just remember that I had a passion, and just like every kid who has a passion for something that other people kind of don't get, you're always sort of like made fun of or teased, or whether it's behind your back or to your face or, or whatever. And I just remember being at like birthday parties and – they're, you know, kids that I hadn't met there and they like, they'd see the way I eat and like, I'm putting sauce on my pizza and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh, it's so good. And like, <laughs> like they just like, they don't, they didn't really understand it. So 
Uh, I got made fun of a lot. I called, I got called like eating like a pig and, and, you know, X, Y, Z, just what little kids kind of tell you. And then that sort of, um, affected the way, oh, that sort of affected negatively my relationship with food. And then, yeah, I mean, you were the kid in preschool who was like bringing hormis sabzi and raw onions and raw to onion. class. Yeah, I remember that. That's, <laughs> a, that's the number one thing my mom says that. I used to have raw onion as a preschooler, and all the teachers were like, how the fuck is this kid's – can I cuss on here? Yeah. How the <laughs> fuck is this kid's palate so developed at a preschool age where he's eating raw onion? It's like, I'm Persian. You don't know me. And then, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that kind of just developed into a, a general insecurity um, about food to the point where I actually wouldn't even go on dates with girls that involved eating. I didn't go on dates with that many girls to begin with <laughs> in high school. Um, Kev was, was a late bloomer. Yeah, I was, uh, I was very – I was kind of like an insecure, really chubby kid um, that I would let like – that would let the chubbiness kind of enter my psyche and not, not give me any confidence. But, um, yeah, essentially that kind of led to, to me just trying to shy away from any opportunity of – of eating in front of people, specifically girls or, or people that I wanted to sort of impress or, or or whatever. I think it was the number one thing that didn't make me feel enough for other people was like the shame that I kind of carried around food. And it's funny now because I'm eating in front of 55,000 people <laughs> like a <laughs> daily basis, but, uh, but it was not always like that. And it was a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a journey getting to, like that confident place because yeah. I, I was genuinely so like the thought of eating on a date would make me sick to my stomach and I would get so nervous and I like I just want to do it I would never do it wow it's so interesting I think so many kids grow up thinking that their superpower or that thing that's going to make them shine as adults yeah. is such a shame point for them as kids mm-hmm. it's really so unfortunate and i'm wondering for you how did you kind of get past that you know what helped you kind of transition into celebrating who you are and acknowledging who you are in front of so many people every day i gotta say i think a big part of that i have to give it up for my for my high school i think my high school experience changed a lot of that especially later in high school um I started developing a little more confidence and I, I didn't go to, so I originally went to Beverly high. Um, I got bullied there. I'd say pretty bad. Um, like lost all my friends was really depressed for like six months or so. And then I switched and I went to a private school called Westmark in, uh, in Encino in the Valley. And I was, I went from being one of hundreds of Persian kids to one of like three or four in the whole school. It was a really small school. My graduating class, I believe, was 18 people. It was tiny. Um, But I think just being around the type of people that I wasn't around growing up and just like the complete change in mentality and culture and values. And like I went from a place where like what you wear has to be name brand and you have to, you know, have the best style and stuff like that. Or you're kind of like a, a dork to wearing a uniform every day where being the kid who focuses in class and gets his work done was cool. So it was just a total switch for me, but 
a lot of people there kind of just embraced their weirdness. They were just so cool with like being themselves. And like if they had something weird that they liked, like um, like if they liked dressing like a dressing like or living like like a hippie, like they would, they would just go for it at school. No shame whatsoever or surrounding it. And I, I was looking at like at first I'm looking at this and I'm like, how did like how can you not feel like a little like embarrassed? Like you're so off like authentic. Like in my head, it was so foreign to me because um. I had been grown up to like kind of curate this personality and this person to be like as well likable as possible in front of other people. And for somebody to be doing their own thing and then just having people accept them or not. And if they do great, if not, then, you know, no harm, no foul. I don't really care. It was so foreign to me. So yeah, I think conforming can be so uninspiring and I think being authentic can be so magnetic Mm -hmm. for the people around you and for yourself especially when you're so passionate about uh, like about what your authentic self is like Mm -hmm. if you're like if you're a foodie or you're into fashion or you're into um spaceships or you're into conspiracy theories or whatever and if you're so passionate about it it you could be talking about the most boring subject (laughs) on the face of this planet but people are captivated and they're gripped because they're so gripped by your passion because you're like, there is a reason. I think it's a subconscious thing. Like there has to be a reason why this person gives so much of a shit about this. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm determined now to find out why. Mm, that's interesting. So, bro, I mean, we're both Jewish Iranian, obviously. And I know we've had our share of experiences, both positive and negative with this community. Um, But I think a source for both of us, myself included, is that sometimes we come across bullying with other Jewish Iranians. And I was curious to know from you, what does Jewish Iranian bullying look like? Like, how does it show up in our community? I think it comes in, I think it comes in a lot of forms. Um, For example, I think uh, shaming somebody or passing judgment onto them. I think bullying as an overall definition is attempting to make someone else feel less than or smaller than you based off based off of your action, whether that's verbal, physical, or whatever. Because I think, like, making fun of somebody, um, it's it's so funny because I feel like this is one of those times, and again, this, this doesn't go for every scenario that I'm about to name, but I feel like a lot of times the shame and the judgment I'm noticing actually shockingly comes from a good place the other person just doesn't know how to tell you that I don't want you to go through the pain that I've gone through and the way that comes and the attempt for, for you not to feel their pain, it comes off in a judgmental or shameful way because they, that's how they were taught. I think you make a really good point that sometimes bullying can look like, uh, it's actually coming from a very good place. Like sometimes judgment or shame, I should say, looks like it's coming from a really good place. Um, and it's someone who's trying to inspire you or lift you up, even though it doesn't <laughs> land or the presentation yeah. isn't so great. I think bullying, the intention is more to make the other person s- small. It's not to make them big. You know, it's not yeah. to make them great. Um, and I think that's the difference. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, bullying can look like a lot of different things. Sometimes bullying in the Jewish Iranian community can look like connection, like making fun of each other um, and bonding over that. Sometimes we see it in our families. Sometimes we see it in friendships. Sometimes we see it in dating. Um, I think in dating, there's a lot of bullying in the sense of like, impress me. 
sort of energy, right? Impress me, impress me with, you know, um, your answer to my question or whatever. Or there's sort of this like, I'm better than you mentality in bullying of like, I'm better than you in status. I'm better than you in having fun. I'm better than you in money or in last name. Like these are different ways I think that bullying shows up in our community. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes bullying can come from parents to their kids to be a certain way and Absolutely. to show up in the community a certain way. Absolutely. So um, my next question for you is how does bullying damage our community? How does it damage the individuals in our community? If you aren't able to like receive the bully and cope with it in a, in a, con like a constructive good way, usually it'll lead to like a quite literal suicide of your soul where like you won't want to express any sort of a vulnerability or creativity with other people because you're so scared of it being received in the same bullying way that you've been receiving you know over the course of x y and z time and like I've seen I've seen this happen a lot. Like there's so many people that are actually so creative and so passionate about stuff, but they're so scared of how it's going to be received that they never even like take the chance. I come across people, I come across people on a semi daily basis telling me they want to start an Instagram for something, and then in the same exact conversation talking themselves out of why it's a bad idea, mm. and most of it has to do with with them being bullied in one form of another, whether it's it's shame or it's trolls. Or it's trolls, exactly, cyberbullying. Or you know, there's there's a ton and and like some of it is is really hard to listen to because like it's such a waste. You know, like like I view it as like like you could be so like awesome and like you're such an you're such an amazing person and the fact that you have all this insecurity surrounding what makes you so amazing is so like disappointing because I feel like if you maybe gave it another shot after high school or after middle school even, or like some of the bullying and some of the trauma really goes back far and it's like from childhood. Yeah. And it's created this part of their personality that carries, that still carries with them today. Yeah, absolutely. I think getting messages as a kid that perpetuate shame or, saying, you know, this underlying feeling of like, I'm not enough, or this won't be good enough. Mm. Uh, that stuff really follows you through life. Yeah, 100%. I think you bring up also a really good point that, you know, the National Center of Bullying notes four kinds of bullying. Number one is physical. Number two is verbal. Number three is social. And number four is cyberbullying. Um, and I think, yeah, for sure, in the Instagram world, yeah. there's a lot of that. Um, More so in the TikTok world now. Yeah, it's, TikTok is is I love I love TikTok, and I spend I spend sometimes like hours on it because it's so like the content's great, the way they set it up is is awesome. But it has to be the most toxic community as far as cyberbullying goes I have mm -hmm. ever seen in my life, and it's. Even when Instagram was first starting and, and like trolls and, and all that were like all over the place, I've never received this many people, this many like, they're mostly like little kids being like, like, oh, this looks like shit. Like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But like, I receive like a really like mean shit on TikTok. 
like I'm laughing because it's kind of funny, but <laughs> but like at the same token, I'm like I'm like wow, how how is there so many people on one app that feel so much darkness? They're so filled up with darkness that they feel like they have to spread it, and like the amount of people that are like that on TikTok compared to Instagram, I'm like it's mind blowing to me. And I just brought up a point that I actually like. This is a recent kind of revelation that I've been thinking about a lot. I used to take uh, Kabbalah classes at the Eretz Cultural Center. You can either be full of light or you can also be, now I'm realizing, you can also be full of darkness. And that darkness also, your brain wants to make it bigger because once a vessel is so full and it's, you know, it's overflowing, the cup runneth over, mm-hmm. you want that to go to, some, to another vessel as a human. You want to spread that, you want to spread that darkness or that light. And I feel like so much of that dark energy is prevalent on on an app like tiktok and sometimes even an app on on like instagram Mm -hmm. and it's so sad to watch because like you wouldn't expect so many people to feel so bad but all i see like in, in a lot of comments is like you are in a lot of pain like i know you are in so much pain and i feel so sorry for you that's why i have i have a lot of compassion for for bullies and for like people who who internet troll because mm-hmm. if you're if you're doing great why like you're not going to take time out of your day to be like fuck you you asshole blah, blah on 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 an app you're mm-hmm. just gonna be like oh, okay yeah, i don't agree with this person says but i'm gonna move on with my life yeah there's that quote that's like a lion is not concerned with the opinions of sheep yeah i like that quote and i don't like that quote mm. i'll tell you why because i think I think if you view yourself as a lion and somebody else as a sheep, you're viewing yourself as above and then below mm. or or vice versa. And I think that anytime you enter a mentality like that, you're setting yourself up for failure and it's like a loser's mentality. And and I, I actually see that a lot in the Persian community where people hold their nose up at other people. Mm. And, I, and like when people do that to me, I used to get so mad. And to some extent – to this day, I still it it acts as a pretty big pet peeve of mine because, you know, I don't hold my nose up at anybody else. Yeah, so I like, think even that is like a form of bullying, right? Is this absolutely. like I don't see you, I'm not going to say hi to you, I'm not going to even acknowledge you, are, you with a smile. You are less than me, therefore you have to come to me and and say hi to me, and like mm-hmm. it's very like imp- exactly like impress me energy or or I'm above you and you're below me, mm-hmm. and I feel like any time any any time you have that kind of mentality. You're setting yourself up for failure because you aren't vulnerable to what makes somebody else in your brain, quote unquote, below you. So when the time comes where things aren't going great in your life, you're going to feel below a ton of other people. And once you're in that state where you feel where where that kind of anger or not or negative darkness or whatever turns inward, mm-hmm. you are in a very dark place that's very true i think how you judge others is how you judge yourself ultimately and to put people on a hierarchy or to put it on levels can be so damaging it's going to come back and bite you in the ass versus if you just look at everybody as equal and we're all human and we're all kind of navigating our lives and trying to do the best that we can with what we've been dealt and sometimes people are a match in friendship or even dating or community, and sometimes they're not, and yeah. that's really it. There's no better than or less than. This is this is exactly exactly something else that I wanted to segue into because just just for a little just for a, for a second, like even in dating, like I'm noticing this so much too. People like girls are are constantly like 
the guy is ghosting me and I'm like it a lot of their I'm not enough stuff comes up like I'm less than them because they're ghosting me and then guys are thinking to themselves oh she's not responding to my dms or whatever because she's above me and I'm less than her I'm not enough for her mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm like no like that's that's so that's that's not the way in my opinion that's not that's not the way to think about it if you if your ultimate goal is to be happy if your ultimate goal is to be happy you're gonna think oh yeah maybe it's just not a match and this is really difficult with an app like TikTok where all you see is like genetically impossible women <laughs> and like guys <laughs> with 10 packs it's like it's like you think you have to have that to be enough for the really hot girl or for girls really hot guy and you don't need that to be enough for the other person and newsflash if you do think that you need that and you ultimately actually do need that to be enough for the other person newsflash it's probably not a match don't get me wrong. Have goals. Strive to be a better you. That's that's fantastic. But if your identity is and your happiness is hinged upon looking a certain way, again, it's a loser's mentality. You're going to set up for failure because the day is going to come where you're not looking tip top and and that negative energy is going to be turned inward. Again, you will be in a very, very dark place. You do not want to be there. Yeah, it's really beautifully said. I think something that I you know have a lot of my clients sort of when they're coming in and they're struggling with something, a lot of times it boils down to I'm not enough or I'm afraid of, you know, losing my entire circle or all my friends or my community because I'm not enough. And I do this experiment with them where I ask them to go out into the world for maybe even just a day and pretend that they are enough. And how would they kind of... Interesting stand in their body differently how would their posture change how would their interactions change what would they be doing differently in their relationships at work you know that's amazing this is why you're good at your job thanks that is incredible that is incredible advice but it's true because the the truth is that we get to pick our beliefs and believing that you're not enough is a choice It feels very automatic. It feels like it's out of your control. But if you slow down and you really look at it, it is in your control. And you can choose a healthier, happier belief, which is I am enough. Yeah. And it's it's funny you say to like act that way, behave that way, maybe even change your posture and stuff like that. I think that's a really underrated way of kicking yourself out of a funk too. Um, I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan. And he always says physiology changes psychology. Mm -hmm. So – even if you're if you're listening to this, for example, if it's, if this just reaches one person, I'm a happy guy. If you're feeling really depressed and down right now, look up at the look up at the ceiling, look up at the sky, and grin as as big as you possibly <laughs> can, ear to ear. I am willing to bet. Look, go ahead, try to feel depressed when you're doing this. I I dare you. Try. It is impossible. You're, or you could just go eat a fried chicken sandwich from Holland Race. <laughs> well, that you could do, but but if you're looking up at the sky and you're smiling, like I've I've done this when I've felt depressed and I've tried it, and because your physiology of your face is different and you're physically you you look you are you're you are different essentially, it tricks your brain into thinking you're feeling that emotion. Mm-hmm. So, like that's that the reason I said like that was such amazing advice is because. If you walk out into the world and you you think about what that enough person looks like, how they behave, what they think about, how they think about things, what their posture is, what would they do when they wake up, what would they do when they go to bed, etc. And it almost tricks your brain into, into thinking that you actually are enough. 
and then if you make that a habit, yeah, you you're, fake it till you make it pretty yeah. much. Um, yeah. And I feel like that works a lot for in this, in this scenario specifically, I think that works really, really remarkably well. So my next question for you is what are some steps that people can take to break out of bullying, whether it's trolls or family or friends or partners? This is a this is going to be kind of a long answer, but, <laughs> um, but it's because there's a story behind it. Well, it's actually going to be pretty short. <laughs> Anyways, um, that was a real yeah, quick change. Yeah, that was a real real epiphany <laughs> there. Um, I used to have a really horrible relationship with the Persian Jewish community. I think for a very large portion of my high school experience, I like genuinely hated Persian people from not all of them but a lot of them from like my bullying days and like i thought that again i'm a little kid we all have our flaws and especially flaws in mentality i think i generalized like the persian bubble as in like all of the people are like this they're all superficial and judgmental and you know they all don't really know how to connect with each other and they're bullies and stuff like that and it wasn't actually until Chaya where I saw the other side of the coin in in regards to the Persian Jewish in the in regards to the Persian Jewish community, and it's because I think I might have just been like looking in the wrong place for what my paradigm of the community looks like. Yeah, and I think you know when you're hurt, when you get hurt, you want to protect yourself, so you want to yeah. try to make a generalization or take a lesson out of something and yeah. we're humans we try to be efficient so we stereotype and we generalize and as a result what we lose is the individuality in a community or in a demographic yeah and i'm going to be honest i think that um i'm just being vulnerable here i think a lot of that negative mentality also has to do with the fact that i felt so rejected by the persian jewish community mm-hmm. and i think you know in this regard me just generalizing that all of them are horrible people was me rejecting them before they rejected me. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like that a lot of people do that, and it comes it manifests in different ways. But that was kind of the way mine manifested. And I mean, I mean, at the same token, like without Kaya, like I would have, I probably still wouldn't have the opportunity to see like so many unbelievable people coming together talking about things in such an incredible manner like like when i tried to tell my friends like my two best friends are both their their names are brandon and Vinny. they both aren't jewish persian and like when i tried to tell them what i experienced at a chaya event like that's when you know what you've experienced is magical is when you can't explain it accurately to other people and they're like <laughs> huh and like you just you have to be there and it's this isn't <laughs> low key. This is like the best marketing. <laughs> Thanks, right bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, but I can't. I just can't explain it. Like, like what it what it did as far as like healing my relationship with my community. It was something I probably wouldn't have wouldn't have ever thought would happen. And going into the first event, I went in thinking like, like oh, finally I get to vent about my point of view about the Persian Jewish community, and I did. And it's funny because so many people had the exact same experience, Mm -hmm. but the way we all had come together 
and talked. I remember this was at uh, at Farrah's house. Mm-hmm. It was the first dinner with strangers. Shout out Farrah Shemulian. Um, <laughs> she she held this unbelievable first dinner with strangers at at her in her guest house at her parents' house. Um, and in that room, I think quite literally overnight, my perception of the Persian Jewish community had changed. And there were so many like amazing minds there. There were there were people who thought super traditionally. There were people who thought really nuanced ways that I had I had never come across in my in my community before. And like to put all these brains together in a non-judgmental, shameful way, and everyone's just trying to talk and have an open conversation about things in a safe space was just so incredible. And I had never come across anything like that before. So. Um, I kind of had that with my like American friends from high school, but mm-hmm. I didn't have that in my community. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I found that in my community, I was like, oh my God, like, this is incredible. So it was super, super healing for me. As far as taking steps out of that sort of victim bully, I'm being bullied mentality. Um, I also read a book by a guy named Jason Goldberg. He he talks about this. It's called, um, you have like the self, you have the self prisoner, you have the prisoner's mentality, or you have this self-leadership mentality. And I think a, a big way of kicking yourself out of a funk or out of um, a victim mentality, or he, which is what he calls a prisoner's mentality, is to ask yourself a question, and it's only two words, and it's to ask yourself, what now? That's the two words. Mm-hmm. That's the question, what now? And it, it kickstarts your brain into thinking, okay, what's next? How can we move forward from this, from this spot? Mm-hmm. And if you feel bullied or, or, or whatever, I think step one of the what now is to actually start feeling, try to feel some sort of compassion towards the bullier. And if you are able to think to yourself like, like, damn, like you have already lost the game so much if you're treating me like this. Mm. I, I'm, I feel so sorry for you because it may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen next month. It may not happen next year or even a couple years out. But the time that I'm talking about where this bullying mentality will turn inwards on you will happen. I have never, 100% of the time, I have never, ever, ever seen it happen where this darkness from a bully hasn't turned inward and they've gotten mm-hmm. super depressed or super down for, for a given time. Obviously, I don't wish that upon anybody else. However, yeah, it's, it's happened it's every not single about, time. It's not about winning or losing, but it's like they already lost because they have to deal with their own internal exactly. bullying every day, every moment of every day. Like they have to deal with their brain. Like mm-hmm. if they're shaming you for something that makes you quote unquote weird, in my opinion, I think it makes you awesome. If they shame you for something that's weird, how often do you think they shame themselves for doing something creative or weird? It's probably all the time. Yeah, that's crazy. I think a couple other things, you know, in how to sort of break out of bullying is sort of creating your own independence and your own ability to rely on yourself or soothe yourself or have a sense of self (laughs) you know what i mean i think that's a big one especially for people who are living at home with their families and are feeling bullied by their parents Mm -hmm. you know how can you create more independence in your work in your living situation in your relationships how can you be more mindful about and intentional about who you're surrounding yourself with um, so that it feels more aligned with, you know, who you truly want to be and how you truly want to show up in the world. That's beautiful. I think also courage. 
a great way to deal with bullying is develop the courage to step into who you truly are. And your courage is a funny thing. Like, there are days where we feel like, I'm about to crush this shit. And yeah. then there are days where you're like, holy shit, I can't do this. What is everybody going to think? What are people going to say? Mm -hmm. So I think staying in that mindset of, I'm going to crush this. And it's obviously easier said than done. But just putting yourself out there. There's a quote about courage that I love, which is that fear is pissing your pants. Courage is pissing your pants and doing it anyway. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> Such a beautiful visual. That is, that is really beautiful. Because <laughs> that's got to be like so many people's most embarrassing moment. But <laughs> like if you're stepping into that and you're like, fuck it, I'm going to piss my pants anyways. Yeah. Like that's, that's the ultimate. So my final question for you, bro, is I ask this question every time I interview someone and it's mm -hmm. one of my favorites. As you know, in our community, there are so many rules and formulas and all for the best. You know, they've been taught to us by our community and our families and our friends to protect us and to help us be, quote unquote, successful. Yeah. And at the same time, I don't think these rules work for everyone. I think uh, we all want to be happy, but that looks different for each person. Mm -hmm. So what I'm curious to know from you is what's one rule that you've broken in the Jewish Iranian community? And what did you learn or gain from breaking that rule? Wow, what a question. I think I've broken, I, I could probably name two rules that I've broken that have benefited me like to no end that have almost shaped me as a person. I think number one was taking myself out of the community and putting myself into others and seeing how the rest of the world kind of lives. And if you want to talk about an eye-opening experience, like I think that that is like number one. I think rule number two that I broke was obviously creating a food blog and like trying to turn that into my job, which to extent like it's always going to be a work in progress. I don't think I'm ever going to not be doing it, but you know, we're told to be a doctor or a lawyer or, or something like that. And, and I think to a big extent, like that just wasn't me. I mean, just what I've learned in the experience of having this food blog is that I know I would have never learned some of the stuff that I've, that I've picked up doing this just to name a couple things like as far as uh, ability to network how to t how to talk to people how to get to know them in like a non invasive way and just like simply ask like like the right questions and by right i mean like questions that genuinely genuinely you get to know the other person and be interested and and like the intention going into a conversation and like what to touch on and what what how to market is is a huge one i think both of those require such a sense of self and i'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything but if you even don't have that sense of self sense of self built up yet i think i think that's even better i think that's even more of a reason to step out mm -hmm. like step out of the persian community i think a lot of people I think a lot of people are way too close to the painting and they need to back up a couple feet to see everything from a, from a you know, bird's eye point of view. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that's, that's one rule to break. Obviously don't like completely abandon your community if you don't, if you don't feel like you want to or don't need to or, or, or whatever. But like at the same time, really try to immerse yourself into another culture, into another community and, and kind of see what that brings up for you. Mm -hmm. And it is uncomfortable at first. It, it is going to be foreign, but I'm 
willing to guarantee that the reward will pay off and you'll see it that way as well. Yeah, I mean, all I'm thinking right now as you're talking is <laughs> growing up um, as, as kids, I was kind of the more obedient one out of the two of us. <laughs> yeah. And I would kind of just do like what mom and dad would say to do and I wouldn't really question it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you came around, <laughs> 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 it was like every time, you know, they would ask you to do something, you would meet them with like, why? Why do I have to do that? You're yeah. not the boss of me. What do you mean? And mm. it's interesting because I think that's really that mentality of like, you don't need to be so defined about it, but yeah. like just getting more curious, I think, about why, why our I'm community is the way it is or why, you know, people are around you are doing things the way that they're doing it so that you can really start to question your why and get intentional about your why. Um, is so important. It was something I developed a lot later in life and thank God I did. But it happened for me because exactly what you said, I left this community, I moved to New York and I surrounded myself with a completely different culture and group of people and it made me start to question everything. And I'm not saying that, you know, our listeners have to move across the country to do that. But I think that, you know, if there's a community online even that you're a part of that feels inspiring for you, like how can you start to maybe have more intimate gatherings and conversations with those people um, and start to build those relationships? It's like a great starting point. You Absolutely. Know? Even just joining, there's a ton of finds. If you even just find something you're super passionate about, whether it's sneakers or fashion or food or, you know, uh, interior design or or something like that mm-hmm. there are tons of you know facebook groups i'm sure there are a ton of instagram influencers or or whatever that you can reach out to and they'll know sub communities mm-hmm. that you can go be a part of and, totally. and kind of join their event go maybe go to an event with a friend and and just immerse yourself mm-hmm. and see see what it's like yeah it's gonna feel weird it's gonna feel really weird it, it may honestly you may come across it and be like wow this isn't cool like i feel like I feel like such an outsider here or whatever. Just stay. Force yourself to stay. And I, I promise the small, the whole night or the whole event. I think this is also something that we kind of run into. The whole event or whole night doesn't have to be like one big giant gem. There's going to be little small gems within the night. And you're going to the event to those to take away those small ones. Beautifully said. You know? Yeah, I love it. Bro, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Um, this has been so fun. I'm so happy we did this. Yeah, me too. Can you tell us a little bit about how people can get more of you? Sure. Um, you can find me on Instagram at how Kev eats it. My name's Kevin, obviously. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much the best way to find me. Send me a DM. Let me know you listen to this. Love to talk to you. Amazing. Thank you so much. Love you. Love you. Hey, Chaya family, thank you for tuning in. This episode was brought to you by Chaya Community, a sacred space for Jewish Iranians to experience meaningful connection and deepen their sense of self. It's also brought to you by WeWork, finally a space that works how you do. WeWork's new media and entertainment locations are wired and ready for your next big creative project. From soundproof editing rooms to state-of-the-art screening rooms, our media-ready spaces have you covered from pilot to wrap. Book a tour of our newest M&E building at the Pacific Design Center, Green, by visiting we.co slash entertainment. Again, that's we.co slash entertainment. Thank you.